This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. This is your brother Jonathan from DHL Ministries, and I'm so happy to be with you right now. I'm so excited to share what God has been showing me as we continue to study the book of Revelation. I want to welcome anyone who's new tuning in right now and just hang in there. We've got some things to discuss about the Word of God that will be able to be seen in your life and bring you to that place of making a decision in how you're serving the Lord and what that means to be a Christian. It's a very tangible study and of course the notes go with it if you join the WhatsApp group. If you choose to, at the end of this, you will get the notes that are used with the cross-references so you can keep basking and continue to, what I say, marinate or soak or be submerged in the Word of God. And that way the Spirit of God can minister to you directly. He can share something personal with you about the message today that helps you to recognize it is He who is the teacher and instructor in righteousness. So we get together twice a week here on Metro FM through Radio Box or through your antenna. We're also on YouTube and Anchor.fm and other places. But we're going to talk about Revelation 14, verses 15 through 20. We've been doing this survey of the book of Revelation. I say survey because it's worth doing an in-depth study, but an in-depth study requires a little more time and a little more detail. And so the things uh, that we are revealing or um, discovering in this book are connected throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament, but prophesied in the Old Testament. And so we see this beginning, uh, middle, and end, if you will, of these principles of Christian living. And so it's important we have an expression here in the United States, and I think in many other countries, that hindsight is 2020, meaning looking behind you or looking at your past is very clear to us, which wasn't clear when we were in the past. Well, right now we're at the end of the church age, and we're seeing all kinds of things happen around the world. And of course, many a Christian will say, oh, this is all the end times, and they say these cliches. And they're not untrue, but our responsibility as a Christian is to understand more completely what's going on and then see where we are in our relationship with God. Uh, that is of paramount importance uh, because of the truth that the Bible expresses and the reality that we're going to see Jesus face to face either when we take our last breath or when he comes back for his church. So we want to understand these principles and embrace the opportunity to make changes in our life or to celebrate if we're on the proper course and also to have more compassion and intention and commitment to sharing these truths with other people. So we're in chapter 14 of the book of Revelation and we're going to read these five verses starting at verse 15 all the way to 20. It says, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, and thrust, it said, thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. 
And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Well, when you read these sections in Revelation, they are laden with illustrations and and sometimes very explicit descriptions. When we think about God, we're often um, seeing the image of the loving, caring God that we serve. And and it's often misrepresented because, yes, he is that, but there's a fullness of his character, and he is a just God, and he hates sin. He made a way for human or mankind to make their way back to him in reconciliation through Jesus Christ. He's still a just God. So in order to be in his presence, we need that holiness of that relationship through Jesus Christ. And this paints a picture that's not often discussed in church or shared in the span of a sermon, but it's very real and it's important to embrace the reality of the fullness of God's personality. There is a judgment coming and that's a final decision coming and he will judge the world. He will judge mankind. There was a way made and he will judge mankind, what they did with the time, what they did with the opportunities, what they did with his son. And so that's what's being vividly illustrated here. And it's it's quite vivid. But let's talk about this because it's so important that we understand where we are right now, where we are right now in our relationship to God. Because it says in Matthew 13, 30, let both grow together until the harvest And in the time of the harvest, I will say unto the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. You see, the tares and the wheat grow together, and the tares are the weeds, but they look a lot like the wheat for much of the span of their growing process. And if you try to tear them out once you identify them, their roots are intermingled with the wheat, and you'll destroy the wheat. So you wait until the harvest, so you can harvest the wheat fruit, which distinguishes itself from the tare, and then you can take it all up, the remains of what was the plant of the wheat, along with the weed of the tares, you can gather them up to be burned because you've already harvested the fruit, you see, or the wheat from the wheat heads. And so seeing these things is not only interesting to discuss, it's very real. So what does it mean? Let me break it down for you. Amongst Christians, there are non-Christians. Amongst Christians, there are non-Christians. Well, how do you determine that? Well, it's by the fruit of their lifestyle. Because in the beginning, non-Christians and Christians can look alike, meaning the fake ones, the ones that are amongst us, we're all stopping cursing or trying to live better lives and so on. But it doesn't stop there as you get to know the Lord and press in to understand Him and learn how to read in prayer and and speak the Word of God in prayer and develop and mature. As a disciple, 
there becomes a clear distinction between your life and the life of the tares. And no, God knows the ultimate end of both those things, so don't go judging the people sitting next to you in the pew. But all of us need to press in and be encouraged to grow in discipleship. It becomes clearer and clearer. God asks more of us, meaning he asks us to give up some things and to do some other things. And and as we trust him and develop, we grow in maturity and we do these things and we get to know him better. And so the tares will not want to do those things. The tares will avoid it or become content at some point in their Christianese. Uh, also it talks about separating the sheep and the goats. But let's go a little further down this vein here and understand this. The image of judgment, Christ separating the faithful from the unfaithful, like a farmer harvesting his crops, as we discussed. This is a time of great joy for Christians who've been persecuted and martyred in the case of the book of Revelation. They will receive their long-awaited reward. Now, Christians shouldn't fear the last judgment because Jesus said, in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now, hearing and obeying is what is implied here, not just hearing it and being able to quote it. And that's why it says, and believeth on him, because that word in believeth is the word on believeth there is talking about trusting, relying, depending upon that reality. And that's really important in defining you as a Christian who is authentic. In fact, the Amplified says, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the person whose ears are open to my words, meaning who listens to my message, meaning who obeys what they're hearing, there's a change in their life, and believes, meaning and trusts in and clings to and relies on him who sent me, has, meaning possesses now, eternal life, and he does not come into judgment, meaning does not incur sentence of judgment, will not come under condemnation, but he has already passed over out of death into life. That's the Amplified Version of 524. Well, the word is clear, and I want to equip you for discussing this with other people, um, because the book of John specifically, it is it is purposed with identifying Jesus Christ as God. And so that's why the book of John is often, uh, the Gospel of John is often um, given to people to read for the first book of the Bible, because it's so important to see that Jesus Christ is God. And in the book of John, we know this verse well. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, trusts, relies, clings, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But go a couple more verses. Verse 18 of chapter 3 of the Gospel of John says, He that believeth on him who trusts in, clings to, and relies on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. That is he who does not trust in or cling to or rely on Jesus Christ is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We've discussed this before too. The name means the character, the person, the fullness 
of that individual. People were named based on their character, and their character is different components of their personality, of the, who they are. And so learning who Jesus is and allowing that character to flow through us is another sign that we are saved. We are his. Indeed, we are his. Now look at John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Right before we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're born into the downfall in nature. The cursed nature of man. We are already uh, headed towards eternal separation from God. But God gave his only begotten son to pay that penalty for our sin. And as we believe, trust, and rely on, adhere to, depend on him, him in the fullness, his teachings, his way of life and everything, we are now in the family. We are now saved from that natural born situation. We become supernaturally born into the family of Jesus Christ. Amen. The family of God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, John chapter 6 verse 40 says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life, it says in John 20, 31 also says, John 20, 31 also says, but these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Let's talk about this, family, because it's so important. It's so important to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, of our Lord and Savior. And by growing, I mean understanding how to read and study and meditate and memorize on the Word of God. As you spend time in the presence of God, you will grow in your maturity. You will learn new ways. And now with the internet and other resources, this in-depth ability to study is not just reserved for the people who can afford to go to seminary. These resources are available if you just invest the time in understanding the process of responsible studying of the word so that you don't read into it. You can see the context and understand what it's saying without um, relying upon what has been told to you in the past. Now, when we're children, we listen to what people say and we believe what they say because we don't have anything else to compare it with. But as we grow, we start to challenge some of these things. And that's a healthy thing in general. We challenge them we can look up the resources and then we can own it ourselves that we have seen it for ourselves or we can dismiss it as something that was shared with us that was not completely true, perhaps. But let's look at Mark 16, 16. It says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall not be, shall not, shall, oh, let's try that again. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay, amen. So when it says baptized here is another one of those things that in the growth and development in the maturing process some have taken and run with. Now, yes, God wants us to be baptized. It's a command. He wants us to be baptized so we can relate to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and demonstrate our commitment to God and to the church body we're with. This is true. But some have taken this to think that it means salvation. Well, context determines meaning. And here the context is the word 
baptized. It means baptizo. That's the word in Greek. It means to immerse or submerge, to make whelmed or soaked. In other words, fully wet. Now, to be fully submerged into the lifestyle of Christianity comes through discipleship. So a byproduct of seeking God's face and learning and growing and maturing in Him is you want to submit to His will. And so when you get baptized, you're fully aware of what it means and why you're doing it. And you do it of your own free will, not to qualify for a church or to think you're gaining salvation. And in like manner, as you grow in discipleship, you start to do more things for God, not to earn anything from Him, but because you understand His character, the depth of His forgiveness, His unconditional love. You understand how just He is and how He has saved you, truly saved you from what you were becoming, where you were going, and has given you a new purpose, a new life, a new direction. In that maturity, you have a byproduct of fruit in your life that is genuine, not just Christianese to please anyone who might know the Word of God, but in actuality, it is Jesus living through your life, which is distinct from everything else. And so getting caught on the technicals without understanding the context only breeds religion. What we're trying to do is invest in the relationship with God through Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, and the empowerment and the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, God, Father, God, all one, called the Trinity. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you this week. I mean, we are so grateful to share this word and this time with you each and every week. I want you to know there are resources abounding if you look up our name, DHL Ministries. You'll find us on YouTube, of course, twice a week here through Metro FM 94.5 or through Radio Box around the world. We're also on an app called Anchor.fm where these broadcasts are made into podcasts and available for your reference, as well as daily devotionals on YouTube as well. If you've heard all of this and something tugged at your heart and you're not sure where you are right now, but you know You want to get right with God. That's what we talk about with each message. It's so important. And if you felt the Spirit of God tugging on you, listen. It begins with the ABCs. A, admit you're a sinner. You've fallen from the grace of God. You all all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. Knowing that you're born into that condition, you can ask God to come into your life. You just own that reality that you've sinned, that you're not living the life God has called you to live, and you need His forgiveness. And then be as believe, as we talked about, it's trusting in, relying upon, depending upon the truth that Jesus Christ died for you in place of you and of me. And then see, confess, getting people around you to understand that you have given your life to Christ and you want to be different. And may they raise you in discipleship. If you want to join the WhatsApp group and get these notes, they're free, completely free. We send the notes, we send the link to the podcast and daily devotionals. Call or text to this number, 260-97-583-6324. That's 260-97-583-6324. One more time, 260-97-583-6324. Or just search DHL Ministries and you'll find us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Until we meet again, the next time we come together on 94.5 Metro FM or through Radio Box, 
Take care, everyone, and God bless. And consider these things well. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. May you grow and prosper in the things of our Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.